There's no secret formula for scaling support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot. It makes it infinitely easier to scale customer support and increase retention. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Proactively drive retention with customer health scores that help keep your business ahead, stopping churn in its tracks. And give your entire go-to-market team the data they need to operate as one unified, powerful front. Also, you can better connect with customers and keep them happy. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Howdy, folks. It is Thursday, February 16th. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Juliet Bennett-Ryla, and you are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going to be talking about live stream shopping struggles in the United States, as well as a key right to repair battle between farmers and tractor giant John Deere. But first, let's take a quick look at what else is going on in business and tech. Let's get crack lacking. Okay, first things first, some antitrust news, because who doesn't love starting their day with a good old antitrust rundown? The Wall Street Journal reported that the Justice Department has been ramping up its investigative work into drafting a potential antitrust case against Apple, and that we could possibly see even a lawsuit as soon as the spring if they decided to go through with one. Apple, despite its great products and platforms, has a pretty feisty relationship with some third-party software and hardware makers like Spotify and Tile over how it governs them and competes with them. Also, European regulators have reportedly sent a bunch of questions over to Amazon over its $1.7 billion iRobot Roomba acquisition. Part of the European Commission's concerns there center around privacy issues with Roomba's cameras and scanners in people's homes. And speaking of Apple, by the way, this week Apple was awarded a patent which included drawings of a foldable device with a wraparound screen. But uh, analysts say you should not expect to buy one anytime soon. And in other news, Google CEO Sundar Pichai told employees in an email to take some time to test out its ChatGPT competitor, Bard. Some of our most successful products, he said, were not first to market. He's trying to dispel some stress maybe that employees over there are having over this whole situation. Also, McDonald's is launching McPlant nuggets made with Beyond Meat in Germany. Last week, Chick-fil-A said it's testing a cauliflower version of its chicken sandwich. We'll see how that turns out. And the White House highlighted progress towards reaching 500,000 EV chargers in the U.S., including an announcement that Tesla plans to double its U.S. network of superchargers and open thousands of them up to non-Teslas in the coming years. Also, a record 42% of more than 10,000 desk-based workers recently surveyed by Future Forum report feeling burned out. It's higher than at any point since they started measuring the number in early 2021. And this was neat. Roblox reported almost $890 million in Q4 revenue, up 17% year over year, and 58.8 million average daily users in Q4. That's up 19% year over year. Shares jumped 24% on the news. But get this, 
Roblox users used the platform for over 49 billion hours last year, up 19% year over year. That's just a humongous number. It's hard to conceptualize. It's more than 5.5 million years worth of time. Wow. Okay, we have some live stream shopping news here that I thought was pretty interesting uh, and kind of, I think, just underlined some of the struggles that live stream shopping as a category is faced in Western markets. So uh, Instagram announced that they will be shutting down their live shopping feature. Now, here's the interesting thing. Live stream shopping is absolutely enormous in China. 74% of consumers surveyed there say they purchased products through a shoppable live stream in 2022. Now, in the United States in 2022, 78% of consumers surveyed said they've never even seen a shoppable live stream. So Mm, this is really interesting. Uh, Just for context, in China, during the first 30 minutes of China's annual Singles Day shopping festival in 2020, live streams on Taobao generated $7.5 billion in transactions. That same year, the live stream shopping market there was valued at $171 billion. It was estimated to grow to $423 billion by 2022. But it just doesn't seem like this same thing is really playing out here in the US or in other Western markets. You know, outside of the Instagram move, Meta dropped live shopping from Facebook in October. TikTok's live shopping tests have reportedly struggled to gain traction. And while Amazon introduced live shopping uh, as far back as 2016, you check out those videos today, they're pretty cringe. And so it really just has not taken off as a category yet. Hmm. Maybe people are still really into QVC. Maybe people are still really into QVC. You know, I think there was something nice about watching QVC on your couch from the kitchen uh, late at night. 1230 in the morning, (laughs) you find yourself watching QVC. But I don't think the general populace right now looks at live stream shopping the same way as uh, maybe they do in, in China. Okay, Julia, this is a story maybe a lot of people don't know about, but it is a big deal. Right to repair generally is a really big deal that impacts a lot of people. But right now we're focused on a specific fight between farmers and John Deere, a giant in the farming industry. So what is going on? So it's very similar in many ways to what we talk about with Apple, Apple products being impossible or difficult for the most part to repair unless you go to the Genius Bar or certain products that have sort of a planned obsolescence where you can't replace certain parts unless you go through all of this uh, hassle. Um, And I think the reason we don't talk about it as much is because most of us do not own a tractor. Um, I know I don't. (laughs) Yes, you don't? That's weird. I don't. I grew up in a town that had a John Deere tractor museum. Like I grew up in a a farming community, (laughs) but I was not living on the farm and have never owned a tractor. So I think most of us can be like, yes, I've experienced this with my computer and my phone, but today we are talking about tractors. Okay. So basically, yes, John Deere, huge company. They own 53% of the tractor market share in the United States. But for years, farmers have been upset over how difficult they are to repair. Basically, John Deere wants you to go to its authorized dealership to get a repair done. And they try to lock you into this by using these software locks um, that only a dealer can disable unless you hack your tractor, which is apparently something that people do. (laughs) Um, And they've also restricted access 
to tools and documentation for third party for third party repair shops. Generally, basically just being like, if you want your tractor repaired, you have to come to us. There was a report that the hustle actually did a while ago that was talking about how these dealerships could charge up to $150 an hour. And one farmer told NPR that repairs could take weeks or at least one did for him, which when you're talking about crops and there are specific seasons and times when you need to do things, you can't really be waiting weeks for your tractor to come back. Right. So what's happening right now is a bunch of stuff. And I'm just going to try to summarize a couple of things very quickly. Yeah. So last year, North Dakota Farm filed a class action lawsuit accusing John Deere of basically violating antitrust laws because you can't go anywhere else to get your tractor fixed and then reaping in the profits while harming farmers. Um, A couple interesting things I found in that lawsuit is uh, John Deere's repair business is three to six times more profitable than equipment sales, which is a statistic I found in a Bloomberg article citing company filings. So that was one interesting nugget. And then in 2020, John Deere told investors that parts and maintenance services made up about 20% of sales. So you can see why John Deere might want people to keep coming to them. You could see why. Yes, I think that's a fair point. Yes. But now the Department of Justice has weighed in on the lawsuit. They offered a statement of interest and they're siding with the farmers. Really? They are not buying some of the things John Deere is asserting. They also cited an interesting case from 1992 in which the Supreme Court ruled against Kodak is Kodak was doing a very similar thing with third-party shops trying to repair its copy machines. Mm. Um, and it also pointed out that a lot of farms, they've gone bankrupt since 2014 and they don't need to be losing any more money. And we don't need crops not being able to grow and feed people because they can't get their tractors fixed. Now, ultimately, the court will make a final decision, but this statement from the DOJ could have an impact. And all the while, there's even more stuff going on. John Deere recently signed an agreement with a lobbying group, uh, American Farm Bureau Federation, promising that they would allow third-party repairs um, in a variety of ways. But there's a lot of detractors on that. They're saying it doesn't go far enough. There's also some statement that John Deere might withdraw from the agreement if state or federal legislation is passed. And some people are trying to say, oh, that's them trying to prevent it. And then at the same time, it's already happening because similar bills have been introduced in Congress. And um, on a state level, there are some states getting involved. Colorado is considering one right now that would fine companies $20,000 per violation. So there is just a lot going on with these tractors. And it's kind of all unfolding in real time. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Think about how important these tools are Mm -hmm. and how expensive they are to operate. And obviously a farm, you'd have to imagine the margins are tight. Oh, yeah. Farming, I think. I was looking at the price of some (laughs) of these tractors uh, and they're like, you know, $40,000 and on up. Like they get they get more expensive than a house. uh, Some of these tractors. Yeah. And probably bigger than a house too. some of them. The uh, there's a yeah, there's a great line I think in Yellowstone uh, about ranching and how the you know the goal every year as a rancher is to just break even. Mm. And you know this seems like at least one chance for them to save a little money in the future. So we'll see how it goes. Some farmers are even. I thought this was interesting buying old tractors. There was like a, an uptick in the old tractor market because they were like, I would rather have an old tractor I can fix myself oh. than deal with these new software enabled, fancy new fangled, I'm sure they said, uh, <laughs> tractors. So yeah, anywhere that they can save some money, I know their margins are quite thin, would be great. All right, bada bing, bada boom. That's going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Ezra Trupiano. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, you can sign up at thehustle.co slash email. 
See you tomorrow. Hey, everybody. I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work. And it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team Alan, Leanne, Elliot as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts.